Bodacious. Let's go. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome into DMVR Buffs Primetime, presented by Illegal Pete's, everyone's go to spot for burritos, buddies, and beers. Studio B for Burr. My guy is in a complaining mood today. <laughs> I'm not in a complaining mood. I'm just but cold. At least you got your adrenal glands cooking. Yeah. Um, too bad we don't do a studio uh, show in Studio A that could stand for adrenal glands. That could, but, <laughs> but it wouldn't because it's nice and warm down there. <laughs> I guess that's uh, the drawbacks of Studio A. You don't get uh, the proper... What, describe what you just told me, please. <laughs> um, I saw this thing that said that... Uh, the way that mammals uh, mature and um, progress is by uh, being in stressful situations when their adrenal glands are kicked in. So then Jake was like, I'm going to go to my car and get my hoodie. <laughs> and I was like, dude, if you do that, then your adrenal glands won't kick in and then you're not going to mature as a human. So he decided to stick it out. Yep. Me, I made the fatal mistake of stunting my growth when I got dressed this morning. <laughs> But I guess there's a chance it could have been too hot. And then that would have been my uh, no. my way of getting it to kick in. No, we have like a winter advisory kicking in apparently shortly after the show is done. Damn. So that really sucks flee. for you guys. Why does it suck for us? Because I'm going to Mexico tomorrow, baby. Oh, my God. Let's go. I will say this. I told Jake this yesterday when I was leaving, um, leaving work. I said, <laughs> I know that... <laughs> I, I I told the I told Jake I said I know that this show is great because I'm not even that excited to miss five shows in a row next week, like that actually makes me kind of sad. Yeah, and then I'm just here by myself. Hey, it's good for yourself. That's right, you're here. Honestly, dude, having to do the show by yourself next week and like fight for guests, great for your adrenal oh, yeah. glands. <laughs> Unk's gonna be back. There you go. Maybe he'll uh, you know put. <laughs> Light a fire under your ass. <laughs> Help you grow up. We'll have a conversation about uh, adrenal glands and mammals and the evolutionary process just to satisfy those requirements. Ooh. I can maybe tap in and tell you about like the uh, Aztec like <laughs> kingdoms and stuff. Can't wait. <laughs> We're going to need a, a detailed report, double spaced with uh, MLA format. That just kind of gave me like the chills. <laughs> <laughs> like... PTSD from school. Yeah. Glad those days are over. All right. We are talking about guys who need to be talked about more today. Yes. Honestly, what happens is the transfer portal all happens really fast. Yep. And we're talking about a new player every day. And some guys don't get the shine that they deserve because... The very next day, there's a new commit or uh, there's a rumor that some five stars on campus or whatever. And it's like, it's just bang, 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 one thing after another. And then you look back and like, I'll, I'll just tease our first player that we're going to talk about. Like someone brings up DJ McKinney and you're like, wait, wait, wait. Oh yeah, he's sick. Mm -hmm. But like somehow in the midst of it all, you don't talk about him enough. And so uh, we like doing these kind of like catch up shows. It's like. Have you heard about how they want to do, I don't, maybe they actually did do this, like a centennial class for the Hall of Fame. And it's like, right. we need to like go back and get some guys in because they just keep getting pushed further and further down when like um, Peyton Manning comes up and he's obviously a first ballot Hall of Famer. But then there's mm. someone on the back end who's like automatically not getting in that year. So we're doing the, uh, we have to do the catch up show to make sure that we're speaking about everyone, prop, uh, the proper amount. So DJ McKinney. Um, entered the portal on the 2nd, committed on January 7th. That was beginning of NFL playoffs. That was like national championship time. Yep. Um, the Jordan Seaton saga just came to a conclusion a few yep. weeks before. But he was a very productive player at Oklahoma State last year as a freshman. And if you watch the tape on him, man, he's nasty. Um, he's super sticky in coverage super uh, aggressive going towards the football and another guy who doesn't get the love or doesn't get the recognition of being a young player that mm -hmm. he is. You know, everyone wants to talk about how coach prime's high school recruiting class was ranked, whatever the fuck it was ranked. 
And we're in like the hundreds now, by the way, on that. It just it, it just doesn't matter. But like those people are like, well, you just can't sustain a roster by bringing in transfers. And it's like, well, when you bring in DJ McKinney's and Cordell Russell's and Samson, uh, Samuel, Samuel. Okunlola's, yeah. um, then you can. Like all that is doing is taking guys who have already cut their teeth at this level mm-hmm. and bringing them into your program. So um, I like it's so easy to forget about a guy like uh, DJ McKinney, but he's when we talk about corner, obviously we we talk about Travis. Obviously we talk about Cormani. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy like Armari and Cooper is still around. Um, You've got Preston Hodge in the mix, who we think is going to play more in the middle, in the slot, in the nickel. Um, but all of a sudden, it's like, okay, well, you just need to hit on about three of these guys, you know? Yep. Uh, and maybe you say four because you'd like to have extra time to, put to, to rest Travis if he'll allow it. Um, but really, you've got a lot of bullets between Travis, uh, Cormani, uh, Omarion Cooper, DJ McKinney, um, Preston Hodge, who else am I missing? Carter Stoutmeyer. Like yep. you've got a lot of options here to hit and you don't need to hit on all of them. You just need to hit on some of them. Uh, DJ McKinney's a guy who went out and did it in this conference for the best, second best team in the conference last year, the best mm-hmm. remaining team in the conference as a freshman. Um, yeah. It's just something that people completely gloss over with this team is when you look at and we'll get to some of these guys, but, you know, you mentioned uh, the corners, but, like, Cordell Russell, a guy who's got still got four years of eligibility. Like, we don't really know what he is. So you can probably say that about DJ McKinney, too. Like, he had a nice year last year as a redshirt freshman, but he's only played in, like, 18 college games. Yeah. So the depth, I think, is something that hasn't been talked about enough with this team, is how the depth, like, the bottom, the lower level of the roster's been raised. The bar's been raised there. 100%. Then that's... You know, when we did the, uh, I see the golf balls over there on the table. Yeah. When we did the golf ball exercise, that's what I was trying to explain. It's like, you started with nothing. You had to fill it up, and then you start filling the gaps. Uh, you start filling in the depth behind them. You're bringing up the the floor of the roster while also trying to bring up the ceiling of the roster. Um, next, guy. Do guys. you agree with me, by the way, that that is the single most under-talked about transfer so far in terms of talent versus hype i think so in terms of i mean he did it last year like mm-hmm. he went and did the thing and was a very young player he was only rated a three-star transfer um so for whatever reason he's just kind of flying under the radar in multiple aspects yep it sounds like he might have been flying flying under the radar at oklahoma state which is probably why he wanted out yeah probably but so you wouldn't have picked anyone else no well it's one of these two we're going to talk about two defensive linemen here, Anquin Barnes and Torian Carter. I think Torian Carter is one that we need to talk about a lot more. Okay. Speak uh, on it. Torian Carter, I mean, he flipped. So he was someone, he committed early in the process to SMU. By the way, I think um, it's Torian. 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 Okay. Um, and then he flipped to Colorado on January 11th. But he has done nothing but produce in his time at Arkansas at a position, a massive position in need, probably the biggest one. Uh, smack dab in the middle of that defensive line. Yep. So he did have an injury that allowed that caused him to miss one season. I think it was 21 or 22, but came back and returned right to the form that he was at before injury. Um, he has some decent production for a interior defensive lineman. He gets in the backfield, gets TFLs and sacks, but he's a grad transfer. This is only season. Yeah, for sure. By the way, chat, just so you know, <laughs> you always have to like re-clarify the, the topic. We're talking about transfers from this year that haven't been talked about enough. So, uh, while you might be right about like Jaden Milliner Jones, um, someone brought up Bishop Thomas, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Those are we'll we'll talk about those guys another day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is just this year's transfers that happened within the last couple months that some guys just got overshadowed and haven't been talked about enough. Like a Torian Carter. Um, I mean, what what we need. What we needed, uh, especially on the defensive line, was size and strength. Um, and it was one area where people were right last year. They said this team looked small. They were wrong in a lot of areas. They were right on the defensive line. Um, you know, you, Shane Cox and um, Leonard Payne in the middle of the defense just didn't have enough, you know, uh, s- like stoutness. I don't know what the word is. Yeah, mass. There you go. 
um, to hold up against some of these big run first offenses uh, in, in the power five. And so they really needed to go out and get uh, some size. And they went and got a centerpiece of a defensive line in the Southeast conference. Six, three, three Oh three. Yeah. Big That'll boy. do big boy. And only getting bigger. I assume. Yep. A uh, big year for him. He was a freshman in 2020. So 2022 was the year he tore his ACL. But you look at the production in 2021 and 2023 uh, with that torn ACL in between, and it's identical. Uh, three TFLs, one sack in 2021, three and a half TFLs and one and a half sacks in 2023, uh, even increased his tackles by one. Like, spot on. Yeah. So uh, Excited to see what he can do just eating up space. It's a funny job uh, that you need on a football team, which mm-hmm. is just like, Get a guy in there to just go be big uh, yeah. and force the, the offense to account for him on every play. If you can just hold up a double team and give that guard or whoever it is just, I don't know, half a second that he's not going to the second level, yep. getting onto a linebacker, like that could be the difference between a eight, nine yard gain, a TFL, or a zero yard gain. Totally. And it's an, you'd, you'd have to have film to, to show this, but, mm-hmm. and we unfortunately can't show film or YouTube will snipe us from the roof um <laughs> but there's a lot of times where you see a, pl- a linebacker make a play and it's like he's like ducking under you know like yeah the guards trying to get their hands on him he's ducking under that and like diving into the hole to make a play and it's like oh man what a play by the linebacker what you don't realize is what you were just talking about the nose took up that that guard for just a little extra half second to make sure that he didn't get into the backfield to make that play and so he wasn't able to get up to the second level and get on that linebacker as fast as he wanted to. Now the linebacker gets a credit for a nice play, but it's an assist to the interior defensive lineman for delaying that a little bit. In that same vein, it's Anquin Barnes, the next guy. Uh, 6'4", 315, of course, out of Alabama, was a four-star recruit in 2021. Didn't get on the field, though. And we talked about him, I think, a decent amount when he committed because of the Charles Kelly connection, right? And we've seen that. We saw that last offseason season. Uh, they brought in a handful of Alabama guys. But Charles Kelly kind of left, and I feel like, you know, Anquin Barnes, because he hasn't really done anything on the football field yet, just hasn't been talked about too much. Absolutely. Uh, I think there's a reason for this one, Jake. Okay. When Charles Kelly, when Anquin Barnes came in, everyone said, oh, his primary recruiter at Alabama was Charles Kelly. Mm-hmm. And so everyone tied those two guys together. And I think there was a bubbling suspicion that when Charles Kelly left, yes. Anquin Barnes would follow him. And so everyone kind of cooled their jets on Anquin Barnes. And to be fair, there still is a string spring portal and maybe he wants to do that. Or maybe it never, you know, Charles Kelly was the connection, but the real thing is he wanted to come play for Coach Prime. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he loves Coach Dancy. You know, we don't know what's going to happen there. But I think there was a uh, – an underlying feeling that, oh, we're probably going to lose him. Yeah. Uh, and so people cooled on him, but very legit prospect. This is one of the biggest wild cards that they brought in. This guy could be, I mean, we don't know how much of a factor he could be, but he could just turn into a, a cornerstone for this defense, kind of like we're expecting Torian Carter to be. He's obviously much younger, but if you have him blow up now, you have, I think, at least another two years left of him too. Totally. And it's another one of the, like, there's a bunch of different ways to attack these transfers. You can get, we've talked about this before, but I'll say it again. You can go get really productive players from lower level schools that deserve a power five shot. we saw a lot of that last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go get high caliber players at high caliber schools that are buried behind others on the depth chart. That's the Anquin Barnes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's this new one, which we just kind of talked about with uh, DJ McKinney, which is like, Productive player at a decently big school who just wants a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. You, you have to have a mix of everything because I think you can take too many flyers on Anquin Barnes like players. Um, yes. There's something to the fact that like CJ Stroud walks into the NFL and you just know he has it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do the whole like, got to give a guy three years right, thing to right. know. Like some guys just have it. Some guys just don't. Some guys are later bloomers. And so 
you don't want to count too much on, oh, he was just buried on the depth chart at X school. He deserves a shot because, like, in certain cases, that guy just didn't have it. Mm Mm-hmm. But in other cases, that guy really did, and you're right. He was just stuck behind a, an elite player. So yep. you have to get a mix of these things. I honestly think the safest bet in the transfer portal is highly productive player at small school. I think that yep. that is – Preston Hodge. Yes, exactly. Um, even like Cam. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, everyone says you can't count Travis and Shador, so that's fine. Um, but even that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like – Shador is a perfect example of someone. It's not like everyone just said, oh, yeah, well, of course he could have gone to Alabama. Like, we were the ones having to tell people that last yeah. year. A lot of people were saying that's not going to translate. But if you look through, you know, time, um, Gardner Minshew transfers from ECU to Washington mm-hmm. State, still mm-hmm. incredibly productive. You remember Anthony Gordon? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I do. I think he's one of those 5,000-yard passers. Yep. Um, it, so there's a lot of guys who do that. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, for me, it's like if you just proved you can play, you can probably play. Yep. There are again, it's not always perfect though. Um, I I don't want to use an example because I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. But there are certain guys who go and produce highly at smaller level schools, and for whatever reason, when they get up to the next level, mm-hmm. it doesn't quite happen for them. They were dominating physically in a way that they yeah. can't do anymore, or whatever it may be. So you have to really diversify. I think Coach Prime's done a great job of it since he's been here, and even. The, as we just go through this list of what seven or eight guys that we want to talk about today, you see that diversity. Yep, definitely. That's the, I guess the, the beauty of the transfer portal is it's kind of in the eye of the beholder. Like you can, and that's why it's so important to have these like scouting staffs and personnel yes. staffs, uh, especially like Colorado has who are so deeply rooted in all these areas of the country that they're recruiting have been at these big time schools and also come from smaller schools. I mean, we've got Vanderbilt guys who are making decisions for this team alongside LSU guys. So Totally. Uh, who do you want to hit next? You can pick here. How fun. Let's go with Cordell Russell. Cordell Russell, baby T.O., um, a guy that we really wanted, I think, when we found out he entered the portal, yep. uh, was linked to Colorado pretty early, didn't play last year as a true freshman, has all his eligibility remaining. Uh, 6'4", 210. You don't get the baby T.O. nickname for, like, no reason. Yep. So he's obviously shown something there. Um, another Texas kid, three of the guys we talked about today, by the way, from Texas. Mm, interesting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's another guy kind of like Anquan Barnes, complete wild card, like, we could get, we could have a real player here, or this could take some time to come along as he progresses through college. Yeah, and I actually lean towards we have a real player here, mm-hmm. um, physical specimen at such a young age, um, super super physical uh, football player, uh, and just if you go watch his tape, is a guy who has a knack for getting the football. Uh, and it's just like you throw it up and he goes and, and he goes and gets it. Mm-hmm. So they've been searching for this. Remember last year, there's like an offer out to every like six, five yep. wide receiver in the portal, because I think it goes all, all the way to Shador's really good at throwing the fade. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the red zone fade, I should say. He's actually good at throwing any fade ball, but specifically like he can go put it in that spot. But last year, who was the person they were throwing those to? Xavier Weaver. Mm-hmm. Xavier Weaver is what, 6'1", six, 6'0"? Six yeah, I think he's actually a little lengthier than that, 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, really? I think so. I'll look it up. Um, but either way, what, what Shador's gift is is ball placement. Mm-hmm. And so he can put that ball right on the top of the helmet of that defender, and if you have a big physical receiver, you can just go pick it right off yep. of it. Um, the problem is... You have to have that size advantage. They've been searching and digging for it. Obviously, Omari and Miller is another one um, who can be that guy for him. But they really want that. I think Cordell Russell might end up being that guy. This guy's a pure athlete. Uh, in high school, he played basketball. He uh, competed in track and field as well. When he was playing football as a senior, played receiver and edge rusher. Um, he's got some impressive numbers here as a track uh, athlete. He was doing the long jump. Um, 
first team basketball selection as a junior for his high school. So the athleticism is, I mean, you don't even need to watch that tape. You can just hear that and yep. understand this guy's an athlete. But yeah, with Shador Sanders, it's just, it's a super crowded wide receiver room and Shador does have his favorites. Um, LeJonte Wester, he was recruited him for a reason. Yep. So we'll see exactly who breaks. It's going to be a fascinating competition in this room. Zay listed at 6-1. Okay. Uh, next wide receiver then. One of the first guys to commit to Colorado, and that's Terrell Timmons Jr. Mm. Uh, the cousin of Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen. He played for NC State last year in nine games. Uh, actually, in 2022, he played in nine games as a true freshman. Only had three receptions and one touchdown. Last year, played in all 12 games, but only 11 receptions for 195 yards. I know there's a lot of people in the chat and out on Twitter and stuff who are huge fans of this guy, though. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. I feel like the early guys, one, get buried and, and end up on lists like this where mm -hmm. we're talking about them as like not getting enough love. Um, but two, also get like a, a cult following, you know, uh, where people are just like, Oh, I, I love that guy because he was early. I think like Levante Bentley was one last right. year. It's like he came in early. Everyone had his back forever. Um, Eric Brantley is going to be one who has that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, tied to him forever. But Terrell Timmons, man, it's speed. Yep. It's, it. you know, sometimes it, it feels like they're building a Madden team on offense because it's just like speed, 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 speed. Mm -hmm. And I love it. Uh, speed kills. And you when you play a team with speed, heck, we even saw it. In the NFL this year, Broncos perfect example. Um, they go play the Dolphins. The Dolphins have unlimited speed. They put seventy on our heads. Um, they go play the the Lions. Lions with Jameer Gibbs and uh, Jamison Williams, and they're running. You know, I think would they score forty? It was over early. Yeah. yeah, I think it was like 40, 40 something points. So, mm -hmm. um, when you play a team that can just outrun you you feel it really fast. And I think that's one of the things that coach prime wants to have um, and, and desires for this team is just like certain times where they go out there and you can run mesh. And if you're in man coverage, like you have no chance staying with it. And not only do they get open on the drag, mm -hmm. they catch it and make a move and you know, no one right. can keep up with them. It was kind of a weird situation for NC state last year. Um, they lost their quarterback, then brought in Brennan Armstrong from Virginia he didn't have a great year. They did have 10 players catch 10 receptions. So the ball was spread around a lot. Their leading receiver had 71. Their next leading receiver, 28. So if you weren't uh, Kevin Concepcion, Concepcion last year, <laughs> you weren't getting the football at NC State. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just how it was. It's just how it was. But he, that guy was also sick. Yeah. Um, do you want to call him one? the Immaculate Concepcion? <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> I'm picking again. Let me go Jalen Wester. Jalen Wester. So let me go through this because I think we got LeJonte first. We did get LeJonte first. <clears throat> yep. And that was kind of when that happened, it felt like a matter of time before Jalen Wester came in. He's kind of an undersized linebacker, six foot, two hundred pounds is what he was listed at last year, uh, but highly, highly productive. Uh, in the two years that he played at FAU, twenty-two games, one hundred and eleven total tackles, twelve TFLs, two sacks, one interception, three passes defensed, and a forced fumble. See ball, get ball. Exactly, and this goes back to what I was talking about earlier: productive player at a lower level school. Mm -hmm. um, dude just plays. And the word that I think is the single most important word to attach to a linebacker is instinct. Mm -hmm. And when you see numbers like that, that jumps out and says instinct. And then you go turn on the film. And that's the word that I would just use when I talk about Jalen Wester. Yep. Um, it's just, he just knows, he just feels, he feels the game. Mm -hmm. And it's like quarterbacks got to have that running backs got to have that linebacker. Everyone's got to have it, but certain positions it's a little more important than others. Um, he is to me just a guy who's going to go out there and make plays for you when you put him out there. Um, I'm actually calling him Jalen East to Wester, okay. um, <laughs> because he can just get all over that field. 
Uh, this is a kid that's already improved on his stock coming out as a recruit in 2022. It was only a two-star prospect. He also came from the east to the west. <laughs> Just <say. laughs> well done. <laughs> uh, was only a two-star two prospect in 22, but was rated a three-star transfer once he entered the portal this last year. Um I think you can just look at what he did at FAU and then imagine him in an offseason with Coach Mo at altitude, and maybe he adds on another 10, 15, 20 pounds or so. But if this guy can get adjusted and fits in this defense, he's going to be flying around making plays this year. I love that you use the word fits there um, because I think it's the most important part of all of this. Mm -hmm. You don't... <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you don't... Make a lot of tackles by being in the wrong place. Um, and it's like, you know, Alex Singleton, I think he set the Broncos all-time single-season record this year. He's not – I love Alex Singleton. But he's mm -hmm. not a game-changing, um, like, Luke Keekly type of linebacker. Dre Greenlaw or – Yeah, uh, yeah, Fred, Fred Warner. Warner. But if you don't have that, you notice it really quick. Yes. And there was that Thursday night game. This actually was more of a Josie Jewell compliment, but there's that Thursday night game a couple years ago where the Broncos played the Browns. I don't know why the Broncos are on my mind so much today, but, <laughs> um, and, oh gosh, what was the, the name Baker of the running game? back? No, it was the Case Keenum oh, game. Oh God, yeah, I erased that from my memory, bro. They had a running back who I had never even heard of before the game, and he ran for like damn oh. near 200 yards on us. Dearnest yes. Walker? I thought it was Dearnest Johnson. Dearnest Johnson. Uh, and it's because Josie was out. You had like two young linebackers and they're just in the wrong place. And so then the, the holes are just wide open. You gotta, uh, be in the right place. And when you see tackle numbers, tackle numbers don't necessarily tell you that you have a great player. Right. It does tell you, you have a player who knows where to be. And that's yes. number one. Yes. Who's doubting J five? Not us. Oh Lord. <laughs> um, Let's stay on the defensive side of the ball. We have one last defensive player to talk about. Spider-Man. Yeah. See, the nickname's already caught on. <laughs> Jalen East to Wester will be next. <laughs> we'll see about that <laughs> one. Uh, but Nikhil Webb Walker, uh, he committed on January 12th. So I guess it's just a lot of these guys who were later in the process kind of um, you know, we're focusing on the Jordan Seaton stuff. The NFL playoffs are going on. I guess that's what happened. He's been another kind of riser uh, through his career. 6'6", 275, though, on the edge. Yeah. We have some athletic freaks on the edge on this team. Uh, it's the rest of the chat that I guess is doubting J5. Um, yeah, I mean, the web walker himself. Uh, you, you have to have these players. You have mm -hmm. to have the size because it's what everyone is stocking up on now. And I always talk about it when talking about tackles. It's why Jordan Seaton will be a future first round pick. Yep. Because all of the players who are, what is he, 6'6, 265? 275. Jesus. Yeah. All of these guys are now becoming edge rushers. And there was a time when there was a nice split between where these athletes were going. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, there was a time where most of those guys were, were playing basketball. Right. Now there's a there's in 275 there was always room for mm -hmm. but now there's like a place for 66 250 yep uh in football and it's on the edge the problem is you've got uh 65 310 trying to keep up with 66 250 yes. and it just doesn't work and it's creating a, an interesting dynamic in football where like a Jordan Seaton who is probably as athletic as Nikhil Webb Walker, if not more. Mm -hmm. uh, and probably just to do it with the size he is, maybe even more athletic, mm -hmm. is such a valuable piece because you have to block guys like this. So you have to be a special athlete. Um, and now a guy like this is featured on most college football teams. And that's not to say that he's not like, he shouldn't be coveted. It's, it's to say you have to have guys like this. You have to have these big and fast and strong and physical edge players mm -hmm. um, that you can play to defend the pass and the run. And I think, like, that's what he – at his best, that's what he profiles to be, is a guy who, that you can play on any down because he's big enough to defend the run right. uh, and strong, uh, fast enough to get after the passer. This guy just started playing football too, I think. He's from Jamaica, um, attended – few high schools, I think, in the Northeast wasn't really offered too much coming out of high school in 22. 
was only listed at 6'6", 235 then as well. So he's already put on 30-ish pounds. Wow, 40. 40 pounds. Um, so he's still kind of learning. He redshirted his first year at New Mexico State. And then last year, he played in all 12 games, 24 tackles, 5.5 TFLs, 3 sacks, and a forced fumble. Still has three years of eligibility remaining. So very much a guy who's not only coming into his body, but is just learning the game still, I think. And to have, I mean, this coaching staff, I don't know where we're at in terms of last year, in terms of how glowing we're going to talk about it. Because last year, it seemed crazy. We know how it all played out. But he's going to get coached up quite a bit. Absolutely. We haven't seen his true potential yet. No, not, not at all. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, we have one more transfer before our bonus guy. Okay. Walter Taylor. Yeah. I, I wanted to bring him up because I don't, I don't want to count him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a lot of times when we talk about, um, Juju Lewis, is, is that who it is? The quarterback? Yeah. Yeah. Are you sure that's not the player? That's Juju Watkins. Yes. Okay. Um, Juju Lewis is visiting or someone else is visiting and Bryce Underwood's making his decision. We talk about these guys being the heir to the throne. Um, and I think that like Walter Taylor from a athleticism standpoint from a physical from a physical standpoint from a lot of different standpoints could just be the the next one definitely and my favorite part honestly about walter taylor right now is that he's working with daryl colbert yep uh and i think that is a huge kind of like weapon for colorado to have on their side Mm -hmm. is they have a great quarterbacks coach who is an up-and-comer in this world who is working with QB1, of course. And let's just think about that. Daryl Colbert has earned the trust of Deion Sanders yes. and Shador Sanders to the point where they are counting on him to help Shador Sanders become the best version of himself that he can be. Yep. If that doesn't tell you something about what they see in Daryl Colbert, um, then you're just not looking. You can't get a bigger endorsement from this team and staff no than that and you really can't get it from anyone mm-hmm. than like Deion sanders and trusting you with the quarterback development of his future probably number one overall pick son mm-hmm. um so that's that's what you have in dc and the fact that you then have him around these guys so much that he can work with a walter taylor and what if what if walter taylor just like starts throwing the ball like shador yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's a long yeah. way to go to get there. Not many people on this earth can throw the ball like Shador. Mm-hmm. But what if it just clicks for him? I mean, he's six foot six. He can run six like the wind. Seven. Six foot seven. He can run like the wind. He's got a huge arm. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, he starts playing with great mechanics and throwing darts. Well, you've got your guy. Right. So I, I just wanted him to be mentioned. He's like the prototypical 6'7", 235 quarterback. Got a massive arm, and he's just he's a bowling ball to tackle. Yep. Um, we'll see how it goes. I think the it's obviously we have QB1, but the QB2 competition this year has been beefed up also compared to last year, and it's going to be interesting to see who comes out. We have Dustin Wade, too. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Staub's still in the mix. So we'll see. You want to hit any um, honorable mentions that were like on the bubble for you? You mentioned the Wade brothers. Uh, yeah, I did mention the Wade brothers, uh, specifically Keaton, the edge. Um, we talk a lot about this rebuilt defensive line, rebuilt edge room, and I just don't think we mentioned his name enough. He was a former four-star player, has played a decent amount in Kentucky so far, uh, 25 total games the last two seasons. I mean, five and a half TFLs, two and a half sacks, 51 total tackles. I mean, it's not out of this world production, but it is something to build on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, who else? A lot of people named a bunch of transfers. We felt like a lot of the ones that I saw named in there that we have talked about a lot. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, like Quincy Wiggins, we weren't going to do today. Chidoze Nwankwo, we weren't going to do today. Your guy, Okanlola, we weren't going to do today. Yeah, like, we love Like, those guys have been, those Mm -hmm. are the guys who have been talked about a lot. Right. A lot of those guys are, like, the four-star transfers. Yep. Yep. BJ Green, those types of guys. Uh, we do have a bonus guy we want to talk about, but first... 
Quick shout out to our wonderful friends at Illegal Pete's. Really quick, last thing. Yeah. We didn't say any of the offensive linemen because I feel like as a unit, the offensive linemen have been talked about the most of all the transfers. Definitely, absolutely. It's not as much individual as it is as a group, but still. Mm-hmm. Shout out Illegal Pete's. How much are you going to miss Illegal Pete's next week? I will miss it, but I will be getting my fair share of Mexican yeah, you're food. You're going to be okay. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're not fortunate I'll miss the queso. to be heading to Mexico in the middle of winter, <laughs> like most of us, hit up your local Illegal Pete's. Uh, it's just goaded, man. Steak queso burrito. That's my thing. Reverse nachos for RK. I don't know. Everything. My, I got my brother a burrito there the other day. Just a bunch of stuff that I would have never put together. He gave me the, the rest of it, and I was like, they just don't miss. Yeah, they don't. Your go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beers. Shout out to Legal Pete's. Shaman Mater didn't make our list because we feel like we talked. He's a, I mean, he's a day one starter. Yes. The second that he signed on the dotted line, he was a starting tight end. Yep. Yep. And then uh, American Finance. Let's go. American Finance. Jake, this is a dream for me. Dream I've heard. True. Tell the chat. Uh, Explain be- this. Because... American Finance is a, a famous institution here in Colorado, and other people to have done advertisements for them include John Elway and Peyton Manning. And now RK and now, at DMVR. And now me. <laughs> um, American Financing, your go-to for any financing needs you may have, uh, and you can hit them up at 303-695-7000 or 303-695-7000 or go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, John Elway, Peyton Manning, Ryan Koenig. <laughs> Can't wait to hear from uh, more from yeah. you in American Customers financing. save an average of $854 a month. Of course. When they use American Financing. Um, it should also be noted they're local in Colorado, but they're licensed in all 50 states. So hit them up. Bang. Uh, last guy we want to talk about. And I think if I had to put together a power rankings of players who have become fan favorites, like new players who become fan favorites this offseason, Michael Welsh is right at the top. Ooh, very good, very good one. Um, we threw in one freshman, even though we, it was against our rules, mm-hmm. only because that dude does not look like a freshman. No, not at all. <laughs> he is so stone cold, man. He's just about grinding. Yeah, all. About that action, boss. He is. Um I don't know. He, I've been so impressed with him and like his, I, I feel like he is one of those people that's like, and there's nothing wrong with it if you're not like this, but I just feel like it's like, Hey, like Friday night, you want to go out? He's like, nah, I'm just going to get some extra work in. Yeah. You know, nah, I got to hit some extra chest reps. Yeah. It's like, uh, I'm going to go around the cones. Like <laughs> yeah. everyone's like, are you serious? But he's like, yeah, yeah. Like, sorry guys, maybe yeah. next time. And there's never a next time. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, like he just, he really feels like he, and he feels like he's on a mission. Yes, definitely. Uh, you could say that probably going back to last offseason. He's one of the guys he committed in the middle of the summer, and we just didn't hear anything from him at all, and he just shows up on after signing day. And we're like, oh, my God, that guy's huge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was the Georgia region for a offensive player of the year in 2022. Um, all he did was run for tons and tons of yards. I think it was like over 3,000 yards in his career. But underrated in terms of the recruiting rankings, 746 overall player, 56th ranked running back in this year's class. We talk about Alton. We talk about Dylan. We talk about Savion. Um, am I forgetting anyone in the running back room? But Michael Welsh feels like the true underdog who could come in and just steal people's jobs. Michael Welch is the, uh, it, it feels like he's the embodiment of the the meme that Thad Boy does of the, the five-star versus the three-star. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, the five-star comes in with all the hype or whatever, and the three-star is just in there grinding. Yep. Uh, and the coach is like, who is that guy? And, you know, he's, he's just killing it. Um, and we've seen it at CU before. They, there's not a five-star running back in there right now. Um, but we've seen these guys come in who are just cut from a different cloth. Uh, and, you know, the one that comes to my mind is Rodney Stewart, mm-hmm. who he was up against the five-star at the time. And, it was you know, while everyone was disappointed the five-star didn't work out, everyone was so hyped about Speedy that you almost forgot about it. And I don't, I'm not trying to say that's going to happen where, like, someone doesn't live up to the hype here. But I think there's a similarity of, like, this guy comes in, everyone, there's a lot of heralded players around him, and he just puts his head down. Uh, and all of a sudden they're just like, man, we cannot 
not give this guy carries. Of course, Charlie. As the chat reminds me, everyone's everyone loves uh, everyone loves Charlie. Yep, including us. I mean, it's year three for Charlie. We'll see. Yep. Charlie Offenball. Yes, sir. All right. Um, sticking with uh, some recruiting stuff, we have our first official visitor for the spring game. Is it a good one? I mean, it's a guy who plays at Buford High School, yeah. who we've talked about a lot, and has shown a great amount of interest in the University of Colorado. Mantrez Walker. Yes, sir. Let's hear those offers. So this offer list, 247 has 28 reported offers. Of course, Colorado. He did have a top five. He was committed to Michigan at one point. Mm-hmm, they're good. Uh, LSU. Or they were. <laughs> LSU, Miami, Ole Miss, Florida, Florida State, Louisville, Missouri, Ohio State, South Carolina, Tennessee, UCF, Georgia, Texas, Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. That's yes. a pretty solid offer it's list. It's not a three-star offer list. I'll no, tell you that. not at all. That's a four-star offer list right there. Uh, this guy is a, is a dog, and it, it just feels like he's a buff. It's just sign, Mantrez, sign on the dotted line, brother. We know. Let's go. Let's go. Um, but, yeah, I expect to see a lot more of these. I think we had a big visitor weekend for spring game last year, right? We had yes. to have. Yep, and it's only going to be bigger this year. Definitely. So stay tuned on that front. Um, do you have any expectations yet for this spring game? Have you heard anything that you'd be willing to share yet? I actually haven't. I haven't. No. Um, the big theory out there is that the quote-unquote fashion show that Coach Prime teased on Thursday night um, will be the uniform reveal. Okay. But I haven't been able to uh, dig up any of those yet, any of, any of that information. Is this a Lil Wayne spot, or is he more of a actual season performer? Man, I don't know, but um, if Lil Wayne comes back, can we just have some better speakers? Yes. Please. <laughs> I'm begging you. It was also just so loud. Could you hear him from the press box? Absolutely not. Okay. Was no. it because of the speakers or because it was so loud in the stadium? Combination? A combination of speakers, everyone cheering in the stadium, and we had – a window in front of us. So like what I remember is seeing him come out and just like losing my mind mm-hmm. and everyone's losing their mind. And I'm like, okay, by the time everyone chills, I'll be able to hear this. Yes. And then they did. And I still couldn't hear. No. Um, yeah. The sound system needs to be beefed up again. But also like the sound system is built for like the guy to come over to the speakers and say, it's third down. Right. <laughs> Not right. like Wheezy just like going crazy <laughs> exactly. on the mic. So they do have your, uh, your grateful dead shows there though. Like how did they those bring sound? in new, oh, that's okay, what I okay. mean. So like, let's just have Wheezy bring his own mm-hmm. sound system this time. I mean, they got to just like make a stage on top of the champion center, right? Or something. That sounds really sick, but it would be kind of hard to see from the field. So then where do you put a stage in the stadium? You can't put it in the touchdown club. Why not? I mean, you're getting rid of seats there. Well, what if you just did it um, like on the porch outside of the cafeteria? Like where Big Noon was? Yeah. Yeah? Could work. We'll see. All right. Um, It's been a fun show. (laughs) It has been. We're going to have to talk about CU basketball and whatever the hell happened last night, though. Uh. But first, shout out to Fubo TV. Fubo TV is the streaming service if you are a sports fan. Football season is over, but they've got you covered with abs and nuggets on altitude. They've got you covered for the last Pac-12 season of all time as both Buffs basketball teams try to make the tournament. Also got 140 plus live channels of sports shows, movies, and news. You can stream live from any device. No contract, no cable, no hassle. Hit them up at www.fubotv.com slash DNVR to get 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Also, shout out to our friends over at FOCO. FOCO has our back for Colorado Sports. And they have yours too. Get the best gear around, including many of the things that you can see in this office. Um, That Buffs thing. All those you can't you actually can't see those, but there's bobbleheads on the top level of that that come from Foco. All these two um, that you can't see. If you happen to be going to Mexico this weekend, <laughs> um, and you wanted like a Buffs straw hat and then even like a matching Buffs 
Hawaiian shirt, which I don't have, unfortunately. Um, you could get that at FOCO. Uh, anything that you love and you want your team's logo on it, water bottles, mugs, everything, you can get it over at FOCO. So go over to FOCO.com and use the code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. Good point, Louise. We are also getting a new video board. I forgot about that, kind of. That's true. That is true. You'll at least be able to see it better this year. Yep. Um, Where do we begin with this? Yesterday was, it was brutal. The, that final possession, I, there's no words to describe what that was. I know. I know. I'm actually pretty... Um, Didn't even get a shot off. I know. And it... Why... <sighs> Why are we going for two? Why are we going for a two? Like, uh, yeah. Why is Tristan driving to the hole right there? I mean, I guess that's the right. It's probably the right thing to do to break down the defense, but then you got to kick it back out. I just, I've kind of lost my um, emotional attachment to all this. Like, I'm not really mad about it. I'm just sad about it. Um, this team is really, really talented, and they're just not getting it done. And I said it before the season. I don't remember if I said it on this show or if I just said it in group chats with my friends. I'm like, they don't have shooters. Mm-hmm. And that's all basketball is anymore, mm-hmm. is shooting. And so I was always worried about that. And I think early in the season, you got some guys shooting above their weight class a little bit. Uh, and so it didn't, you know, we started to have hope. And we were believing that, okay, maybe they can shoot. And they just can't. You know, they can't shoot well enough, in my opinion, to make up for the fact that they aren't good on defense this year. And every Tad team that I can remember was always really good on defense. And whether or not they won big or not was based off of whether they could score. This year, it's like even when they're scoring, they can't hold it down on defense. When they get into these late games, they're not able to defend without fouling. It's just uh, it's disappointing because this was a really talented team. But it really was always a flawed team. And yeah. I think that maybe that that part was intentionally just because we, we wanted to believe overlooked. Um, and now it's uh it's reared its ugly head. Last night was just sloppy. I mean, they had like nine first half turnovers. They cleaned it up in the second 60 half. 60 points though. I know they finished with 14 turnovers, but it was like UCLA had like 25, 30 points off those turnovers. That was literally the difference. Yep. They just kept CJ on handing just over said the ball. that too. Um, Colorado did actually shoot 52% last night. Cody only missed one field goal. I know, but he's in foul trouble. Yeah. It's like, jeez. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a bummer. Um, of course, you know, we can talk about it a little bit. There's probably do a whole show on this, but, like, you've got the people out screaming fire Tad. Yeah. Um, you can do that, you know. Like, there is a case to be made uh, sometimes where things just go stale. And you feel like you've plateaued and mm-hmm. you're set, you're going to sit back and say, we're willing to roll the dice that we can hit the next level here if we go in a different direction. But I would just challenge you to go try and find how many times a team has let go of the best coach they've ever had mm-hmm. and improved on the next hire. Yep. So what I'm saying is if you want to do it, I guess you could, but it'll be, I honestly would look at the Nuggets. They fired George Carl. George Carl got them to the playoffs every year, but could never get past the first round except for one year. Mm-hmm. Well, their next hire was a da- disaster, and uh, the team looked like a joke for a while. Then the hire after that, they really nailed it, and even that feels fortunate. Right. So it's like if, you, if, if you're going to move on from, ta- from Tad, you are – going into a new conference, a better basketball conference, tougher competition without kind of your stabilizing force. And there's a chance that you make two wrong hires in a row and you're all of a sudden you're six years into the big 12 and you've gotten last like three times. Right. So I just want everyone to, uh, to keep that in mind when you're, when you're trying to fire Tad is the chances of it getting better from here on the first try are incredibly, incredibly uh, small. This team's just running out of time. They've dropped four of their last five. Uh, they play USC tomorrow night. They also still have to play Utah. They can avenge the loss against Cal. And then they play the Oregon schools to wrap up the regular season. But 
tournament chances are fading quickly. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I guess I saw yesterday they were still considered like last four out. I think. Yeah, or uh, one one place even had the last four in. Really. Um. But they've got to they've got to get some big wins mm-hmm. soon, and we're getting to the point where it looks like. Like right now, it might even be like you got to make a run to the Pac-12 championship game, and you could get yes. in. Yeah, one more ugly loss, and it's just you're gonna have to win it if you want to get in. Yep. Uh, on the other hand, though, Colorado women's basketball, um, they put out their like selection committee for the women's uh, basketball put out, I guess their first rankings or their initial rankings and had CU as a one seed hosting a weekend again. First of all, love the transparency. Um, why not? Why do we not get an update from the NCAA men's selection committee at some point during the year? Cause then Joe Lenardi doesn't get his clicks. Well, screw Joe Lenardi. <laughs> like the college football playoff committee gives right. their rankings every week. Yep. Let's do that with, uh, with the men's. It's that, Seriously, though, like, why would anyone care about what Joe, what Joe Lenardi wants? The, the NCAA can just make more money off of this yeah, by releasing true. it on their own. Um, anyways, one seed. Love to see it. Uh, obviously, the two losses to Oregon State have been tough to swallow. Oregon yep. State, just a bad matchup for them. Mm-hmm. Um, damn near anyone else in the country, they can run with. Uh, and they can still run with Oregon State, but um, they've beat almost everyone else they've gone up against. I hope that they're able to just... Finish this season. Like, th- this just told you, right, that they control their own destiny. Yeah, exactly. So just win out, and you got yourselves a one seed. Yep. Uh, South Carolina, Stanford, Colorado, Ohio State, the one seeds as it stands right now. By the way, while we're on the subject of women's basketball, Caitlin Clark, bro. Yeah. Do you think she comes back? I don't know. I have no idea. There used to be this idea of, like, oh, well, she can make more money at – uh, right, I that's not true. She's um, getting paid a ton in endorsements. Has exactly to be like her money is coming from endorsements. You think like Nike or whoever's with her right. isn't going to want her when she goes to the Minnesota Lynx or mm-hmm. whatever team it may be? I have no idea who's uh, tracking for the number one pick, but no. So I don't know. Um, there's something to be said for like you'll never have the opportunity to chase an NCAA tournament championship again, mm-hmm. which is going to be fun, and you have a long illustrious career ahead of you either way so like live it out but we wouldn't be saying that about a men's basketball player so i think she just goes we have the number one overall recruit and it's not even close you can't hold a candle to it no she is so incredibly fun to watch um it's she's steph curry yeah yeah the the pull from the logo to break the record (laughs) insane so swaggy man uh, they've lost to Iowa in the tournament last year, right? They did. So let's get yep, that rubber match. Kayla Clark had like 40. Yep. Buffs were, it was close though. No, it was. They, they fought. Mm-hmm. And it was like every time they were within like four, Kayla yep. Clark gets a three and it's seven. Right. All right. Let's hit questions. Um, BP, where does Alton McCaskill fit in? Fits in as the projected lead back. Yes. Uh, I think everyone knows this is kind of his, I don't want to say his job to lose, but it really kind of is at this point. Absolutely. Um, the They didn't attack the transfer portal at running back. And to me, that was the number one way that they could show their belief in Alton McCaskill. Mm-hmm. So definitely that says that. Uh, DJ Flame with the super chat. I know I missed yesterday for a super chat, but my five things I want to see in the NCAA game is, oh, here we go. One, wideouts. Two, storming the field. Mm. Three, big commitment events. Mm. Four, stadium upgrades. And lastly, signature touchdown celebrations. Example, Travis Gritty. The Shador has to be in this game. It has to be. And in Madden right now, when you score a touchdown, you can use the right stick and yeah. it'll be like dance, call the team over, blah, 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 signature. Mm-hmm. So you can go to your signature moves. So like Jamar Chase, he, 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 you know, does the gritty. Yep. Shador, if we can't do that and have him just, yep. <laughs> oh man, I need that. Need it bad. Yes. Appreciate the super chat though. Good list. I do like storming the field that I think that should be in the game. Like if you are in a dynasty and you're like, 
coaching, I don't know, uh, FAU, for example, and you go and beat Florida in the swamp, or I guess at home. Yeah. Well, I guess it'd have to be at home, but big game, like big games, need to feel like big games yes. in this game. I remember you could pump up the crowd, and there's that like noise meter. Yep. Um, dude, th- that whole thing about um, signature TD celebrations, just like I just had a daydream that I'm like playing online with someone who uses Nebraska. Yeah. And like I'm scoring all sorts of touchdowns with Shador and just hitting him with the Shador every time. <laughs> oh that, my God. Bro. That would feed my family for decades. <laughs> uh, King P247, who starts at the buck position? BJ Green, Nuanquo, Carter, Sam O. Um, so. Nwankwo and Carter are probably going to be playing nose. Yep. Or interior. Um, probably BJ. I would say BJ and Quincy, and you'd probably say BJ and Sam. Yeah. Why are you a Sam hater, bro? I'm, I'm not a Sam kidding. hater. I'm, just kidding. I'm, just kidding. I'm not a Sam hater. I just, I look at the size that Quincy Wiggins brings to the table, yep. and it's just, I how could you guard that? BJ Green's another big edge. Yeah. You get two big edges rolling, man. Hard to stop. Fair. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Quincy's. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. I do not know. Could ask uh, Uncle Neely next week, though. The irrelevant Hulk. Are the Buffs going to address the Folsom Field conditions this year? It got a little bad last year. You said that was... That's the first time in my life. But you think it was because of the concerts, right? It could have been. I don't know what it was. But it's the first time in my life I've ever seen the Folsom uh, turf not be perfect. So yes, I they have the best grounds crew in the nation. They'll uh, they'll make sure that thing is is right and tight. We had all our home games were in two months too. It's true. Like, um, I guess it was TCU, so mid September, and then we were done like early November with home games. Yeah. And this year, it's every other week. So I think they'll be able to get more in a rhythm. It's true. Uh, DD13, Shane Koch said yesterday he is finally going to play his position this season defensive end. Thoughts on that? The fact that we got players to allow him to do that is that's a great sign in and of itself. And I love the thought of Shane Koch at 285 on first down mm-hmm. playing edge. Yep. They're going to be so much bigger in the trenches this year. I know. No one talks about this stuff. No. People just gloss over this when it comes to Colorado. Well, and you can go like, you know, five, you know, technically it's a three, four, but you can have five guys up on the line where you have Shane Cokes out playing defensive end and you still have Samson Okunlola outside mm-hmm. of him or yeah. Quincy Wiggins or whoever. Sure. Um, uh, there's gonna there's a lot of options. Uh, the chat says Quincy's been at practice every day. He's on well off. There you go. Uh, what's up, my guy? Big TZ. You want this one today? I got it. Pair character cheerfully blowing a party horn. Do do do. I love that we <laughs> we're motivated to make a noise. <laughs> Where are you at, Alyssa? Yeah, where's your trumpet noise? <laughs> uh, BP again. When does official spring practice start? Um, I feel like March 18th mm. was the date. All I know is April 27th. Right. March 18th. Uh, they begin practice that week. Then the very next week, they take a break for spring break. And they will return August 1st. So that's how it's broken up this year. When will the scoreboard be done? Did we get a confirmation before the spring game? Before the season, at least. Then, yes. right? Don't they have a concert? They have two concerts, I think, going on during the summer. They do. I think they said they'll be ready for What are them? the two? One of them's... I'm uh, going to Tyler Childers. Oh, then Odessa, the other one. Oh, I see why I'm I not don't, going. I don't listen to that, so <laughs> I just know the name. I, I'm i sure I respect the jams, but definitely not my scene. Me either. That being said, like Grateful Dead concerts aren't really my scene either, but <laughs> yeah. I can get in the mode, you know? I mean, you're at Folsom, I guess. That's what I mean. Like, you can convince yourself. I threw on my tie-dye bucket hat. and <laughs> You have a tie-dye bucket hat? I got one for that concert. Wow. So I was getting into character, bro. That's dope. It was method acting. I like that. Yeah, it was awesome. I had like um, like sepia tone glasses. You know, so I, I wanted to 
embrace the vibe. So man, I guess I'll get, I could probably get like some glow stick necklace or some right. shit and, uh, you know, take whatever they're passing around and, and I could probably have a good time at Odessa. Odessa is pretty cool. I saw him in LA at the forum Ooh, and it's cool because they do like what is it edm music but there's like instruments they have a full band i like that yeah that's like uh what's the one grizz or big g or something like that they played when i was in college wrong guy over here man all right so why is everyone trying to look at our show right now i don't know maybe they heard us talking about <laughs> edm and they're yeah. like, what? <laughs> uh a couple more to get through hand dog says is damone lewis the dl coach mentioned in offers um, we haven't got confirmation either way what's going on at D-Line Coach, but I will Google this name real quick. Yep. Uh, that didn't help. Like an actor to me. <laughs> an actor, a 19-year-old sentenced for something, and then some guy on LinkedIn is what I got. Okay. Um, here we go. This guy? It could be this guy. Um, I think there's an extra I in there. Damian Lewis. Don't you just feel like you're going to What is happening? Right I don't know. <laughs> don't touch the glass. It disturbs the fish. <laughs> um, this guy played starting in 2001 to 2010 for four teams. The St. Louis Rams, Carolina Panthers, Patriots, and Texans. Oh, I know what they're doing. They're looking where to hang that neon sign. Oh, okay. Um, he's coached for the Seattle Seahawks defensive line 2020-2021 and was moved to defensive tackles coach and def assistant defensive line coach in 22-23. Okay. This is kind of how we found out about Phil Lodehole, wasn't it? Right, yeah. He was tagged in offers. Um, he also was worked as an executive in 2019 at FIU, assistant athletic director of football player development. Wow. So, yeah. All right. Keep, Keep an, an eye. eye. Cheeks. Uh, what's up, Kamada? Do we have a strong safety to back up Shiloh? No one hasn't mentioned weak or strong safety enough. I think we're pretty deep at safety again. Also, we're not. Some teams are still sticking to the rules of free and strong safety, but most teams like those guys to be interchangeable. Well, and we're getting another safeties coach as our defensive coordinator too. Yep. So I. I fully expect, and by the way, there's going to be an article comes out this weekend on Coach Livingston um, with some film and stuff I'm going through right now. But they kind of just, you know, they like to move them around. They don't like to have them be in defined roles or say we only play two safety looks, you know. Like they'll put a third safety on depending on situation yep. and stuff. Um, but I think we are big Jalen Milliner Jones fans on this show. Oh, yeah. Cam, of course. Uh, who else am I forgetting at safety? Trevor. Trevor, of course. Travis J played a little safety. Um, yeah. I mean, they've got options. They do. They for sure have options. I got to say, so uh, one last story here. I went to the barbershop today, as some of you um, nice, nicely pointed out. Uh, and as soon as I walked in, one of the dudes in the barber was like, Yo, bro, I saw you all over YouTube yet last week. Like, you were talking to Dion. You were talking to Shador. Like, that's crazy. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. And then I showed my barber that I was wearing uh, his brand. Yeah. When we had interviewed Apply Shador. Pressure, right? And that got, you know, that clip that got put out got like 1.1 million views. And he was so hyped. And sometimes it just takes like someone who's like one step removed from you to like tell you how cool something is mm -hmm. to make you like, it was like one of those moments. I was like, damn, that's crazy that it like. Like, it permeated the barber shop. You yes. know what I mean? And then my barber was, like, losing his mind. Yeah. He's, like, he's like asking me if he can take a picture of my phone, like, showing the video because he doesn't have Twitter. Um, so that was cool. That was cool. And as always, shout out to you guys. You help, uh, Definitely. help make all this happen. And it's why I'm sad that I'm going to be gone all next week. Yeah, man. We're going to miss you. Slusher. How could I forget about Slusher? Oh, yeah. Um. But yeah, when I when that TikTok or the short or whatever that we did uh, came out, 
when Coach Prime was talking about the hate and stuff, and mm-hmm. I reposted that on Instagram, I got a lot of messages about that. Like, whoa, this is crazy. And yeah. that put it in perspective for me, too. Yeah. The other thing is, like, so, like, I got a text from, like, a buddy from high school who just, like, randomly saw it. Yeah. And, like, for some reason, that just, like, hits different than the normal right. people who you expect to, like, be excited over it. It's like, mm-hmm. damn. We did that. We really did that thing, man. And we just did another week of shows. Yep. Did this... I can't even compare this week to last week in terms of how I felt like through the week. Like last week was such a blur and just like full speed ahead Monday to Friday. I know. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I I'm actually it's weird because it feels like we're just now getting back into exactly. our rhythm and yes. then I'm leaving again. Exactly. Um but when I get back, we'll have a a big week of shows. Yes, we will. Already, I think uh, starting to line up guests for that. Yeah, and I think Uncle still will be back when you get back, too. Let's go. Let me double check. My guy. But there it is, chat. Another week of shows. Uh, go check out the Prime Tracker on the DMVR.com. Check out the merch. Check out the merch at DMVRlocker.com. Yeah, Uncle will be here some next week, too, or the week dope. after. Dope, 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 dope. Um, and then, yeah, keep an eye out. I'll have a Coach Livingston thing out sometime this weekend. Film, analysis, all that good stuff. Go Buffs. Let's go Buffs. Miss you guys. We all silly like the mayor.